2: hey folks welcome to free press sports with carlos and sean carlos it's it's good to see you, man it's good to have you back I was here last week. But yeah, thank you, Sean. I really appreciate it. I mean, you know, it's great to be back. I mean, you know, not uh, not from the podcast, but just uh, just back. You know what I mean? Metaphysically speaking. Yeah. Back back in the seat. All right. Let's uh, I I have a not a story, but uh, I want to talk about how men sometimes talk to each other, the different ways they can talk to each other as a setup. And I'm going to give you two possibilities and I'll tell you which one I'd like to go with. So just for the <laughs> listeners out there, <laughs> Carlos wrote two columns. Um, I want to say you're, you're probably listening to this on Thursday. So he wrote two columns on the same day earlier this week. One about the merging of the PGA tour and the live tour, which was a very good column, very thoughtful. And another one about Jared Goff, which was also a very good column and, and uh, insightful column. So, <clears throat> Not to get too insider baseball here, but getting back to the idea of how guys talk to each other. I could either start the podcast this way Dude, you wrote two columns in a day. Do you need the next several weeks off? It's great to see you finally did that. I'm sure you're exhausted. I can't believe you're sitting here on the podcast. Bravo. So just, and just roll with that, right? That's guys busting each other's chops, uh, you know, showing love through insults and all that. Or I could just say, man, you wrote two. Really good columns. Those are the two topics I'd love to talk about today. I, I mean, the Lions are evergreen, obviously, and your uh, your really good live PGA column. And you know, get your thoughts on that. Do you have a preference to which way we go, and uh, how how are we going to communicate today? Because I, I prefer the second one, but uh, but I'll go with whatever you want. I don't go
1: have with. a strong preference. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, you know. I, I I know you like to write your favorite word. Well, your two favorite word. your favorite words, fine in your columns, but your second favorite word is grace. You love writing about grace. Um, I'm not sure why, but um, I think you are working toward your divinity degree or something. You may be switching careers, but um, so I guess yeah, you nicer. want the first
2: I guess you want the first one. That's that's uh, that's I the path would, you're going down. One I'm,
1: so it's your show, Sean. Come on. let's be No, it's You not. have, the, wind, it's, you, you you have made, the windscreen on your mic. I don't. I'm the I'm the, you know, B player here, the triple A guy. So I defer to you. No, your name
2: your name is first, so it's your show, and and you're the one that wrote uh, two columns, and uh, both of them are very good. And I'm gonna um, by the time this comes out, there'll probably be a, a second golf column, but it'll be a little bit different. It won't be as insightful as Carlos's. See, that's the other thing. You know, you can also communicate, I guess, in self deprecation. And that's, I guess that would be a third avenue, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. Let's, uh, let's, let's start with the Lions. Cause that's just, you know, we, we'll get to golf in a bit, but that's the, the Lions are the story, right? And you, after having written, and this is not, um, the first line of inquiry. This is still keeping in the second line of inquiry. You, after having written about Lamar Jackson and just generally, you know, is questioning, sort of pausing out there. Is Jared Goff good enough? have now said, um, is it possible that he's better than ever, and, and can he get even better? I mean, it's basically the theme of your column because of his relationship with Dan Campbell. But uh, but let me just start there. Is did, Can this guy get better? Can Jared Goff get better? And um, at, at what we saw last year at the beginning is something, or was that the peak of something?
1: I mean, I know it's hard to know, but what's your what's your gut? Well, my gut says that, um, he, he can get better. Um, you know, the everything, you know, as I detailed in the column, you know, the, the environment became toxic with the Rams with Sean McVeigh. you know, they also had to, you know, he, he went through some offensive coordinators, you know, de facto, cause I think they don't actually have the title, but, you know, guys like Sheen Waldron, he went, I think it was something like three OCs in three years or something like that. It was a lot of turnover. Cause when you're good, you know, your assistants get hired away from you. Um, but I think he's had that consistency with Ben Johnson, with Dan Campbell, and as long as those two guys are in place, you know, uh, it's 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 the perfect it's the perfect situation that he didn't have in with the Rams, where it would have been better for Sean McVay just to have been his offensive coordinator, but to have a overseer as head coach, a more experienced, calmer executive managing that situation and those relationships. Uh, And Sean McVay just, you know, I don't think he was very good at it. You know, I think he was, like I said, he was barely 35 when they traded Goff away. So he's basically 33, 34 when he became disenchanted with Goff. Hadn't had that much time in the league as a head coach, even though he comes from a long line of, you know, coaching and executive stuff in the NFL, but, But I think with, with, with Campbell, I mean, Campbell's the, the, you know, he's the player whisperer, you know, I mean, he, he talks the way he talks to us, the way he talks to fans, the way he talks to ownership, he manages up, down, laterally, the players, you know, and it's not just because he was a former player, a lot of former coaches are former players, he just understands people, he doesn't, he's never done our job, but he understands us. And I think that's the big thing. And I, when I talked to Goff about it, you know, the first thing he said was trust, communication and trust. You know, like that's at the core of every relationship. And it's easy to say it. And Campbell said, you got to earn that. You can't just say or expect it to happen. You got to earn that. And that's it's a two-way street of communication. What's working, what's not. Um, and every player is different. Some guys like, as you said, Sean, you gave us the two the two options right? Some people like a straightforward, give it to me straight, give it to me tough, I don't care, don't hold back. And other guys, they're more fragile. They need a little bit more you know, sensitivity and, and understanding. So I think he can get better. As long as they have Johnson and Campbell, there's no reason for them not to get better. Um, and you always want to think you're always going to just keep, keep getting better. Now things can happen. They can be injuries and the offensive line or running backs, whatever it is that will affect him but i think from his uh, under his purview as a quarterback making the reads making the checks making the you know the uh, protection changes uh working with his players i think he should he should get better i don't know if he's going to get to hall of fame level but certainly he was a pro bowler last year he should be a pro bowler again this year so that's interesting that you um
2: I mean, what, what's what's made you change your mind, or or maybe you haven't changed your mind. Maybe this you're just writing about golf in a vacuum, and you'd still love to see the lions. I mean, I don't know the drafted hand and hooker, but see the lions with a with a more of a dual threat quarterback.
1: I, I do think, and I, I think the future is dual threat quarterbacks. I think the the players are only going to get more and more athletic. Um, it's more exciting, but I think that golf really. I have a lot of appreciation for Jared Goff and what he's come through, what, what he's gone through, where he came from as a cast off, disrespected while he was with the Rams by Sean McVay, disrespected after he was traded, didn't even get a phone call from McVay about it. Uh, you know, all this garbage talk about, you know, Jared Goff's our, you know, Ram for right now, you know, at the end of January, just just garbage stuff like that. And Goff has took the high road and he's never really said much about that problem in that relationship. Um, so I really respect what he's gone through. His first year, he struggled. There was a lot of problems. You know, I mean, think about that. You know, it's not getting along with Anthony Lynn. They're not communicating well for him. It's like, oh boy, here we go again. I go from McVeigh to Anthony Lynn, you know. Um, and Dan Campbell salvaged that relationship. You know, he knew the answer here to this organization is not Anthony Lynn. It's Jared Goff. And he believed in Goff, and I think that's a big thing that helped the relationship. So I, I think that I would. I think that Goff has earned the right to be the quarterback for this team, uh, really the unquestioned quarterback. And I think they're going to try to work it that way. And as Brad Holmes said, you know, give um Hendon Hooker a redshirt year. But I think the competition does make players better. And that was the problem with Stafford was he never felt challenged. He never felt like he had to improve. The only time anybody ever challenged him was when Caldwell told him at the halftime of that game, you know, we would throw one more pick and I'm going to bench you and he did it. Um, so I, you got to have a little bit of pressure in your job, I think, you know, to, to push yourself. So I think that um, I, I, I'm, I'm rooting for golf as a person because I know what he's gone through. Um, but I would like to see competition and see him pushed by Hendon Hooker, and who knows what Hendon Hooker is going to be? All we have is college tape, right? But it looked—it was good college tape, and um it, that would be exciting to have a, a player like that—a Josh Allen guy, or a Lamar Jackson, or a you know Matt Patrick Mahomes, or whatever Justin Fields—you know these dynamic players are fun to watch, and I think they're the future. And um you know, I don't know if Goff is going to stick around if he's going to, you know, sign a long contract. He was kind of not weird about it, but when he talked about it on Tuesday, it was very, he could have won a hand at the Texas Hold'em poker table. Cause he just wasn't saying much about it. He, uh, but most guys say, Oh, I'd love to see a deal come together. But he didn't say that. So maybe he's wanting to see where Ben Johnson goes. Maybe Ben Johnson goes somewhere and says, Hey, maybe it's time to trade for Jared Goff or you're going to be my guy here. I, I don't know. But, uh, it's going to be interesting, but I'm rooting for golf. I'm rooting for golf and I hope he, I hope he does well this year. How about you? Who do you, do you think he should be the the guy or do you want to see more competition? No, I'd I'd like to see, I
2: mean, to me, he's 28 and he's entering the prime athletic years, right? Especially at that position. And uh, obviously there are great quarterbacks out there that have won big before, you know, I mean, Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes is the best example modern, you know, recent example, but, and Tom Brady won young. Um, Et cetera, et cetera. I mean it, it's, it's done. there are quarterbacks that do it, but but sometimes you, we, we forget that uh, that the perfect sort of meld of, of God that word, the perfect sort of meeting of your sense, your sense of the world, your sense of yourself and uh, your understanding of systems around you, whatever it is, whether it's football or, or, or writing or you know building a home, and then your physical abilities is is kind of right where golf is he's he's kind of getting and, you know maybe 27 but it's it's kind of right in that area so i you know to me and based on the quotes that that you got out of him and campbell um dan campbell to me you know just sort of talking about how much he's come how much he's uh developed in the last couple of years within the line system and how much he understands and how comfortable he feels most importantly to me that's the most important thing Yeah. I mean, why not? Why not see where it goes? And it's interesting to get back to your point about, you know, some guys like it straightforward. Some guys are more sensitive. I think, yeah, we're all varying degrees of sensitive in terms of how we hear things and what we respond to and what triggers us. But I think most people want it straightforward. It's just, how are you going to deliver the straightforward message? And I, I, I zero in on a quote in your golf Campbell, your golf column, sorry, about The way Campbell talked to him. He said he praised him when he did something well, and he said he told, he tells him, you need to fix this. I don't know if he uses those words, you need to fix this, but I thought it was interesting, even if he doesn't, even if Campbell doesn't use that phrase, that that's Goff's interpretation. It's not that that's different than, even though it's ultimately, I guess, the same message, it's different than you screwed up you're wrong. You're, you're an idiot. Right. You're a fool. Right. Why can't you see that? Well, mm-hmm. what, you know, what, what, what is the matter with you? Can't you see the safety sitting over here? I mean, now maybe he does do some of that too. We don't know for sure, but Goss and then retelling you and the rest of the reporters in that room or a scrum or wherever it was, he's saying it's he, the coach is telling me to fix it. And I just feel like that's, that's straightforward but it's also empowering in a way like, cause it implies you can fix it. And, right. uh, and I don't know if that's an accident or not. I mean, you know, maybe we should give Campbell the benefit of the doubt here, or maybe we'll just say whatever he's saying to him, it's, it's become a message of, I can handle this and I can get better and I can prove it. I can figure that out, whatever the problem is. And I, and that's to me was the most interesting quote and in, in a lot of ways, sentence in the whole column. Is just that idea that that's what Campbell's doing.
1: And, and you know the by you know the flip side of that is that Goff appreciates what Campbell has gone through. you know he three three wins his first year he has to fire the offensive coordinator, you know uh, shows some improvement in the second half. he promotes Ben Johnson basically to essentially the offensive coordinator at the end of that first half when they when they do better. And then the terrible start, the whatever one one in five start last year, you know, but he holds it together and he doesn't panic and he keeps that team together and doesn't throw anybody under the bus, but yet has to fire another coach and he keeps it going. And he has a, you know, front row seat for the inner workings of all those relationships and all those meetings and how things are happening. Um, So I think he also understands Dan Campbell hasn't exactly had it easy either, Um, so he says, I've appreciated seeing him become a good coach too. So I think there it's, it's kind of a nice, uh, you know, symbiotic relationship or the mutual respect of, and and something that Campbell had mentioned, I don't think I used the quote, but he'd got into this whole, uh, idea early on in the press conference about, he appreciates that golf comes from a situation that was pretty hard. And it's natural to think about, you know, self-doubt. And I thought I was pretty good, but apparently I guess I'm not now. And now I got to come to this new situation. I don't know that many coaches here. What's it gonna be like? You know? And that's tough for anybody. I don't care who you are, right? When you don't get traded like Stafford engineers, this magical Cabo San Lucas Gee, what a convenient, you know, meeting. Um Uh, no collusion there, Uh, you know, in Cabo, whatever. And it all comes together and that's where he wants to go. And he gets his wish. Um, And Goff just gets, you know, cast to Detroit where, right? Perpetual losers, Um, you know, so Campbell understands that. Campbell understood, you know, uh, this guy's going through something that might've, you know, shaken his psyche. And I, I don't know what you sense, you tell me, but what I sense from Goff is, he's he's uh he's not mr just let it slide off my back i don't care or whatever no, he's competitive is he, he's, he's got competitive. a sneaky he holds competitive. grudges yeah yeah he, he's 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 tough about things he pushes back on our questions sometimes and things you know he's not soft and cuddly he's a mature body and he's professional he's very that all that, had to, that's you the key know that right? had to bother him you know it had to bug him no for sure and that's the key mature and professional he takes the high
2: road with us for sure absolutely it, it, you, know, you were mentioning Stafford earlier. One of the differences to me is that golf doesn't say a whole lot either. Stafford was really, really good at being evasive and not. But, but I feel like what golf does say, and maybe this is not fair, but it it's it just and maybe it's recency bias. But I feel like what golf says does say is a little more raw somehow than when when Stafford does, and and a little more. There's a touch more vulnerability in there, and um, you know, you you're not going to hear him dumping on, but you you just there's a there's a edge with him in a, in a really interesting way and I saw this, uh, it's a, sort of a different kind of edge and I'm, I'm writing about this but I, I don't know if you saw the photos from a photo shoot Monday where he's wearing, uh, you know, a couple of chains Tracy Walker's chain, I want to say Kirby Joseph's and, you know, the ice chains, right? And he's got the, the buffs on, the sunglasses and he's got a big smile and but just, you can see in the photo with Walker and Joseph and Goff, how they are relating to him just in that photo, right? I mean, they're putting their jewelry on him, and he's rolling with it and having fun with it. And then a lion social media account tweets it out and says, "You know, icy golf or whatever," and it's all in good fun. But within the photo, you can see the way they're relating to him, just in the energy in the photo. And that's not there if he doesn't have, to your point, this this edge about him. This this uh, you know a chip on a shoulder whatever you want to call it whatever cliche you want to, you want to use right so there's some respect there not just from the offensive guys but there's a couple of defensive players right so and i think that's always interesting when when you see that i know it's just a photo but sometimes you can see you can see body
1: language in a photo right you you can tell yeah, i think the, he's, i think they relate to him well i mean i think that he's they understand that he's not some he's not really the the typical coddled quarterback Star guy, you know, and they sense it, um, you know. So, uh, you know, they, the players like Stafford too. I mean, Stafford was a fun guy, and uh, you know, he could be off the record when we were just messing around with him. He was actually that was the that was the really vexing part of Stafford was when we just talked to him off the record. He was funny. He was snarky. He was he was an interesting guy. You turn on the recorder, and it's just. PR nothing talk of yeah we just want to get better blah 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 you know it, so it was it, that's what was frustrating about him with golf golf is pretty closed off he doesn't really chit chat with us that much um, but obviously he has the respect of his teammates and you know he's probably he he was uh, as a devout uh, hard knocks viewer and I saw him when he was a rookie when the Rams and Jeff Fisher and whatever, when they moved back to LA and everything. And um, he was, he could have some fun. He was, he was a little bit of a poop talker. And uh, I don't know if you ever saw that video of him when he pretends to be a JC transfer. I've seen yeah. it. Yeah. Dre fog. And, you know, he's, he's hilarious. He's like, he's, he's asking a guy, the quarterback, are you the punter or something? Like that. Are you the Is Like, no, I'm a quarterback. <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh, okay. Sorry about that. My bad. And, He's telling the guy, can you catch? All right, the ball's coming, you know, and he just like starts winging it out there, 50 yards and all this. And he's got that in him. He refuses to show it. Um, he just doesn't have it in him. In fact, they were, he was asked about this on Tuesday are you, are you ever going to let us see your personality? And he's like, no, probably not, you know, and just, he probably just figures there's nothing to be gained from that. And, and, um, I don't know. That's that's his prerogative. He does not have to do that
2: if um, he wins, especially. Right? I mean, think about this. I was talking about helped. this. Uh, our sports editor and I were talking about this recently. Just this town has never had, or maybe not never, but not in you know since the Lions were, in then NFL championship games, however, you know, in the fifties or whatever. But it's it's never. I mean, it hasn't for a long time had a quarterback that's won big. So. To have that relation that's a that's a special kind of relationship. I mean we've had some great great players that have been on championship teams in this town, and you can see the bonds there, but there hasn't been a quarterback in that spot and uh, I don't know if golf will be that or not, but if he if they win big you know in the next couple of years, um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that and just and how differently he's going to be viewed at that point. I mean it's it's hard to kind of fathom in a way, right because it hadn't happened in 60 or 70 or whatever years to have Detroit with that kind of quarterback but and and having that relationship but but it, he's got at least an outside chance right i mean I, I don't know what the odds are, but there's a there's a little chance, maybe maybe more than a little chance. who knows maybe the team will be so good around him in a couple of
1: years that right who knows? This is I mean you know you're you're free to ask him next time you talk to him you think it can be the next Tobin Rote, I guess but um yeah that the, the he's going to be if they win big and all that he's kind of sort of going to be their Iserman in a way and that Iserman wasn't super interesting and 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 open with media and all that he just was steady and a really great player and but he wasn't exciting um and accessible so that's OK. You don't you know, you can have your Gary McCarty's and other people to take that. And maybe Jameson Williams and Aiden Hutchinson will pl- play those colorful roles. Um, but uh, I don't think I don't know if Patrick Mahomes is that way either. I don't think you don't see a lot about him.
2: No, you know, no. But up. he but he's beloved. in a. In a I mean, in, look, golf's not Mahomes, but, but Mahomes is beloved in that market in Kansas City in a way that. That's just different. And I mean, well, Brady, you, you, too, right? Yeah, Brady right. No, you get that. Yeah, you get that as a quarterback if you, if you, in your, your town. And um, that's just be funny of all people if that ends up being Cherkov here. I mean, you know, who knows? But uh, all right, you, you, we, we need to take a break and, uh, and we want to talk some of the, 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 the golf and the merger and what it means and a little bit of the politics, not too much of the politics, but just, the, the the morality. I, I want to hear your thoughts on that. But I do want to. You, you mentioned um, you mentioned Campbell and what he, golf respected Campbell and what he's been through in his journey and how he's kind of a player player whisperer. And you know the lines might have a, a player whisperer in terms of scouting in Brad Holmes. And I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago, and you you had wanted to mention a little bit. But I, I just I wanted to get your thoughts real quick on this tandem. And here we are talking about could Garrett. Jared Goff be this? Well, could Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell be some kind of pairing that this organization, I don't want to say lucked into, but I mean, there is a little bit of luck, but right? And, and I, w- I want to get your thoughts after the break on just what these two guys are doing and and how unusual or not it is. Sound Perfect. good? All right. yeah. We'll be right back with more Free Press Sports with Carlson Sean. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. So, Carlos, last I want to say, last week, the general manager of the Golden State Warriors, Bob Myers, walked away uh, from an offer to make him the highest-paid general manager in the NBA, probably all of sports or close to it, after ten-year run or something for NBA championships, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he just wanted a break. He wants to do something different. Maybe he wants to go take another team down the road. Who knows? He has his reasons. That's all beside the point. What's interesting is that when he sat with the media, I saw a couple of clips where he was talking about his relationship with Steve Kerr, the Golden State Warriors head coach, and how close they've been and how well they've worked together and how much they, how similarly they see everything. And he said the reason he was, he was talking about that was because he, he wanted us to know, meaning media and to some degree fans to know that, by and large, the general manager coach relationship and especially football, basketball and probably hockey, too, is designed to make enemies of one another. Right. It's he, he said it's designed to fail in a lot of ways. Not that not organizationally necessarily, but just the, the, the personal relationship that it, it's it's rife. It can be rife with pettiness, with the resentments. Hey. Give me better players from the coach, right? If from from the general manager, develop the players I'm getting. You coach, right? That there's a there's a natural system at play that sort of pits one against the other. And Myers was talking about, so that's why it is so unusual. I had that relationship, and it made me think of Holmes and Campbell a little bit. We got a long way to see how this plays out, but it sure seems like there is a like mindedness so far in the way they see football players you know just the, their interactions obviously you can talk about all the playfulness with the t-shirts and the images and all that but but had you thought about it that way before that that fundamental relationship is often designed to make enemies of one another and 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 give uh, gives you a lot of room to point fingers and and blame the other
1: um yeah i mean it's it is a it is a weird uh uh system you know if you just have, if you watch the money move the the movie moneyball that's yeah. an extreme example, but yeah. yeah, you know, I want Pena at first, you know, yeah. I don't know. I want, you know, had whatever. So, uh, that's extreme, but, uh, but yeah, it's always, you know, um, uh, how does that work? How does that, how does that symbiotic relationship work as far as I, I'm getting you the talent? No, you weren't. I need this guy can't get him. You have enough talent, you know, and uh it's hard especially when you find success right it's it's uh someone people have egos and they want to take charge and they want to have credit and who gets credit for this um so it's tough it's it's uh you know it's not that it can't work um it 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 does work people have to find a way to make it work um and the problem is you know do you stay in your lane i mean i mean you know like uh, who was it they said um patrician Quinn right used to talk about how the the carpet between their offices was worn down because they'd go back and forth and talk to each other so much and whatever uh, you know so and then when it goes bad everybody starts pointing fingers but uh it's a tough it's a tough uh, relationship to get right high pressure um and you know I, I I have thought about this I think we did talk about it at one point I mean, it was probably off camera or something but but I did think about when you brought up Bob Myers recently, and I remember at the very first uh, press conferences for both Holmes and Campbell, I remember more Campbell saying this, but they talked about this idea of, of service leadership and Campbell talked about how uh, the true alpha dog doesn't have to get his way, he knows how to back off. and he he doesn't have to exert his influence and his, I make a power move and I'm in charge. And um, I, we see we see Campbell a lot more than we see Holmes. So I don't have a stronger read on Holmes, but from Campbell, I definitely have the read on him that he would take a back seat
0: for a bigger picture.
1: You know, and that's really, that's why, I mean, there, Campbell is such a fascinating character because everything about him screams, you know, do meathead dude who's former athlete and whatever. And especially from my perspective, I covered him when he was a lion and he wouldn't talk. And I thought I gave him one chance, one or two chances. And I was like, you're just a jerk meathead who won't talk, you know? And I just wrote him off and good yeah. luck to you. You know, in fact, when he was, I think I mentioned this a long time before, but when he was, uh, hired by the dolphins as a tight ends coach or assistant, whatever it was, the tight ends. He was a tight ends coach. And, um, I was like, this guy's a coach, you know, and how, but I was so impressed because they did, they did feature him on the show. And when, when, uh, Philbin was a coach there and it was like, wow, he's complete opposite of the player that I thought I knew. Um, but yeah, I see that. And, it, and you do, you have to back, you have to back off. There has to be give and take. There can't be, can't be, you can't have two alphas out there. Um, and maybe Holmes backs off too. Uh we haven't we just don't talk to him as much about that stuff. But yeah, whatever it is, whatever's whatever they're doing is working. Um, so it's great to see. Of course, you can also, you know, Moneyball worked too for the A's, and so they didn't get along, you know, Art Howe and, and Billy Bean didn't really get along, but it worked.
2: It did, didn't he eventually replace him? Or uh no, that took a minute though, didn't it?
1: Uh yeah, I mean yeah. they were together for a little while. Yeah, they, you know, were. And, they
2: were. They were. I remember our house family was really upset at the portrayal and that where movie, they, yeah. yeah, I remember. I remember. Hey, man,
1: Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Word right
2: now, I know one of, one of the greats, but uh, no, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. No, the other, the other things makes interesting that th- they're pairing to me really, really interesting is that, and I wrote about this, I think a little bit, but um, probably not very well, as you would point out, but the idea that, the general manager didn't hire the coach, so that changes the nature of the relationship, too. That gives you a little bit of a better chance, right? So then there's a little bit more loyalty and deference immediately, unless the coach is, you know, a Super Bowl-winning, you know, big-name coach, I guess. But but, um, not like Monty Williams coming into the Pistons with Troy Weaver. He hadn't won a title, but he has a lot of cachet. In any case, that the idea that they were hired separately – and parallel systems within a week of each other is that's fairly rare and the fact that they were brought in for their own reasons by the top of the organization without really okaying the other could lead to hey i'm going to create my little fiefdom and i'm going to you know do this over here i don't want to share this i don't want to share that whatever but it, it's it's been the opposite and um, you know the Lions and Chris Spielman, and and we've talked about Sheila Fordham before. Um, they both deserve credit for for at least guessing right on these two personalities that that was going to work, and well, uh, because that's unusual, sure. right?
1: Right? It's unusual. I mean, it, 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 I don't know if it's that unusual, but but the the thing that you know that Spielman told these guys, and Sheila told them, but but mostly probably through Spielman when he hired him is. You guys are going to get along and you are going to communicate to the rest of the staff, to the leadership. You're gonna you're not gonna be like Patrician Quinn, who definitely circled the wagons. They had two wagons and they circled them and they shut everybody else out. It was just them two against the world. You know, we know what we're doing. We're basically Bill Belichick in one person, in two people. And that's what that's what sowed a lot of dissension and disharmony throughout the organization. Um, and that's, they talked about that. Sheila talked about that and, and, you know, Rod Wood, and they talked about, we need cooperative spirit here. So whether they were going to work out or not, the, the main thing was you, you guys need to come in here and communicate with each other, communicate with us, um, so that there's no secrecy, ill will, whatever it is. Um, and, and that's, they've lived up to that, I think. And that's, that's been a big part of it. Um, the winning has been great, but um, th- let me ask you, do you have a read right now? It's hard, but do you have a read on who has more power, actually, Brad Holmes or Dan Campbell? I, I don't know. I
2: I, I want to say that they see things so similarly and that they're such um, – they have egos. Ego if, if
1: you're Sheila Ford-Hamp, who do you think – who do you give more power to? Who do you be- trust more or believe in? Like more? if they had
2: if they had a complete opposite idea about something that was really important and, and had to get settled from higher above, who would you who would you lean into? Is that Possibly what you're asking? Something
1: like that, or just who do you value more? Who do you who who did you want to lose less? You know, who who was more important to you to keep and stay in the organization? Oh, that
2: is a tough question because that is a really tough question because Campbell looks like he has the makings of a really good coach. We'll see. On the other hand, how many guys can build a roster out and maybe he's just getting lucky, you could argue, but the way that Brad Holmes is building this roster out. And and, and you got to have both. You, you can't... Yeah. I mean, I guess you have to say that you can't win without talent, so maybe that's where you you lean. On the other hand, Camel may end up maybe in a special coach. Um, but then even a special coach can't, I mean, Bel Belichick isn't one, right, lately. So what does that get you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a tough one, man. I guess yeah. I would go GM just because it seems like finding a special GM
1: is harder. Maybe not. That's just anecdotal. I, I think that I think you're right. I think Brad Holmes, Brad Holmes is hasn't missed too much. And we're also rolling in free agency. He had had a little rough go of it his first year with the receivers and free agency. And, you know, obviously James, Jameson Williams is a little bit of a black eye with the suspension, Um, little things, right? Not huge things, but, you know, but for the most part, and yes, the personnel department, the scouts, all this, you know, really big system, you know, that he's in charge of, that's what supports them and everything. But he makes a call. And he's made a lot of really good calls. And and Campbell was struggling, you know. His first year, really low expectations. But his second year, he could have been fired after a second year if that losing had continued, you know. But you have to give him... There's two things with Campbell. I think you have to give him credit for riding the ship the way he did, making really hard decisions, keeping the organization together, making everybody look good. And I've always said this, the number one thing... Uh, for any coach or whatever or high-profile you know personnel person or coach is your boss is a billionaire who doesn't like being embarrassed. Do not embarrass them. Make, it, it, making them look good is great, but don't embarrass them. And Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell made Sheila Fordham and the Lions look really good because he really showed you guys hired the right person because even if this is going to fail... I'm doing it the right way I'm, I'm i'm keeping it together i'm not lashing out i'm making hard decisions and that's rare i mean it's rare to find that kind of stuff um so ultimately within the organization i would say if you have the personnel guy who knows how to pick guys and this see how this draft turns out but if he has three drafts that are two really good drafts excellent drafts to one Really good draft, even you know that's that's saying a lot. three out of the out of the box is tough. So first time as a GM too. So I think they'd want to lose, hold on to Holmes longer. Um, but Campbell also,
2: Campbell's <laughs> the star <laughs> of that show. I, mean, I he know just,
1: he's, it's true. It's just that's just so
2: tough. What's interesting too is, is, is that is I was thinking about you know the the traditional role of a general manager. you know they didn't go get Holmes and they say okay go find a coach right they. Right. They were determined to change the culture and they had enough belief, and when we when we say they, we're basically talking about Sheila Fordham and Chris Spielman and maybe to some degree Rod Wood, but they wanted to bring the light into that building in Allen Park. And right. so they had enough confidence in their own um, ability to be able to do that. Because normally you go hire a GM and say, okay, you go find the coach. And I know... That happens uh, a lot still. But the Pistons are interesting. And we, we probably should have made a segment for the Pistons today, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to them. We got the NBA draft coming up, not too much longer. But the idea that, that Troy Weaver, the Pistons general manager, I don't think got to hire necessarily his coach, at least if you believe the reports and from some things that I've been told. Like he had a list of candidates, he had a top candidate. The owner of the team, Tom Gores, wasn't necessarily enamored with that candidate. And um, there was another high-ranking administrator in the organization that wanted a third candidate, and they were, if they hadn't gotten Monty Williams, were going to compromise with a fourth candidate and or maybe a third candidate. Anyway, I'm confusing myself here. But, but Gore stepped in, right? So the GM doesn't always have free reign to go hire the coach anyway, even though right, he initiates the process and, and you know does the, the headhunting and narrows it down and all that. Gores is the one that says, "Reportedly, hey, let's let's make another run, run at Monty Williams." Yeah, that was Gores. I don't know if it'll work or not. He's done that twice. He's gone out and paid big money for former, you know, Van Gundy was a, a coach in the finals and um, had, had had success with two different teams. Dwayne Casey was a coach of the year, a coach in the Eastern Conference Finals, and paid big money to both. And you know, he's, we know the record, so gotta have players. Well,
1: One thing, I mean, uh, you know, that that always in a way, I've always thought that helps the GM to not have it be his fault, his his call, because if it fails, it's like, hey, that wasn't my guy. Uh, It it helps you a little bit with your job security. But but getting back to the Lions, I mean, one of the things, you know, like you said, bringing light into the building. um, Sheila, Sheila Hemp and her husband, Steve, they're always pretty much at the hip all the time. You know, they come to practices together and games together, always with each other. And they were at, um, watching practice and that that's happened before. I mean, under other coaches and stuff. And, and, but it was interesting. And this is, this is OTA. So it's not like his training camp. It's not that intense. Um, and Steve Hamp was talking to Dan Campbell for a long time, just by himself you know, Sheila was talking to Rod or whatever and, and, you know, other people and, and, but a little farther away, you know, Hamp, I mean, it was a good boy, five, 10 minute conversation. And I, I don't think I'd seen that. I, I may, I'm not, I haven't watched every minute of everybody who's everywhere on the field, but I don't remember that being quite that long of, of Steve Hamp, who has no official role or title in the organization. Um, Talked to a head coach that way. But I think that's indicative of Campbell's very willing and happy to share any information or insight or answer questions or whatever it might be. Um, you know, and then you have to remember this about the owners. Um I think the Fords especially is there, this is a very personal thing to them. You know, it's a family business, long time family business. Um They don't, Sheila Ford, you know, she's not really involved in Ford Motor Company. So this is her baby. She's been waiting a long time to, to take charge. But they're very, they're also outsiders because they don't know football, really, you know, and they watch the TV reports and listen, read our stuff. And, but they have, they're curious, like, hey, I'm sure they ask them sometimes, hey, you got that question? Like, who asked that question the other day or whatever? Why, how, it was an interesting answer or I hadn't thought about it this way. Why did you answer, or why, why isn't this happening? Or why didn't, you know, are, are you concerned about Jameson? Well, you know, whatever it might be. I mean, this is their opportunity. They're they're kind of the ultimate fan in some way. They get access to whoever they want and ask them about like, why is this happening? And why isn't this a problem? Or why, you know, so, um, and it's great. It's great that they have, that they're there, that they're involved, that Steve Hamp is involved in some way. And I think that was a big part of this is hiring Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell and having, as you said, bringing the light into the organization because, you know Sheila knows she doesn't know that much about football and she needs somebody you know not only foot not only football i'm just saying about x and os but the the logistical labyrinth of the nfl of how all these things work coaches meetings and assistants and tape and all the different there's so many things it's like mobilizing an army right so she's educating herself um and this is a good you know tandem to do it with who's really helping her understand you know the landscape of the NFL so it's a good thing yeah and I, and I don't know that
2: they have huge huge egos they have enough ego to get to the positions they're in and to compete and to work like they're working which you know at that level which you know the, the kind of hours you'd put in at that at that level in the NFL so obviously they have some ego but they don't uh, they, they don't they, they don't strike me as selfish people and they they I think they're willing to defer because they're, they're I think they're both pretty secure in what they think about football and what they believe about football, what they see and about football, and I think that's really important, and you and I've talked about this mostly off off camera, off you know away from the microphone, but this is why I don't know I mean I think Ben Johnson's a, a fabulous young coordinator, but i I just suspect Campbell is a lot more involved in the offense than he would ever let on. It's just not his type of personality. He would never want to take away from Ben Johnson. And um and I just think he does that with everybody. To your point at the beginning of this podcast about golf, right? He just he he wants his he wants to shine elsewhere, and because he, he's he secure knows. enough with himself.
1: Yeah, he knows he knows his stuff. I mean, no question, he's not like out there not understanding things. He understands the concepts and all that, and he's called the plays. Um, you know, I, I don't know if he'd ever want to be you know, Sean McVay and do everything, right? Maybe he not. basically the de yeah. facto coordinator. He, he will if he has to, right? But but probably not. He, yeah, I think he I think he feels comfortable in doing it if he has to, but um but I think he sees it uh, I hope he I think he's much better suited for being the overseeing head coach um who can step in and if he needs to and see something and talk about it, whether you know like we does with golf, I'm sure he talks to Ben Johnson about, you know, fix that, you know, whatever. Um, so that's a, that's a great, that's a great position to be in for the head coach. Um, and he can keep, doesn't have to have his focus on the offense quite as much. So yeah, that's, uh, you know, he knows his stuff and that's, he doesn't, I don't think he has, I think, I think Brad Holmes has a little bit more of an ego than, than Dan Campbell does, to be honest. And he's a little more, um, you know, when we talk to him, he's, he's a little more defensive about certain things. Um, part of it may be that he's not used to speaking with reporters as often and having a relationship with us, um, but he'll push back on things and, you know, in a more direct way and um, nothing wrong with that. But Campbell doesn't. Campbell really just, he just never sensed this. How dare you ask me that no, question? No, he
2: doesn't. <laughs> he, he really
1: doesn't. All right. We uh, we need
2: to wrap this, this segment up, which was apparently supposed to be about golf. Sorry we pushed it so far back, but. You know, if we're, if we're just judging by the numbers and uh, what people want then uh you know we just talked about the right subject so let's uh let's wrap this up though with your thoughts on the merger between the p g a and the and the live tours
1: yeah it's uh it's gonna be very interesting um i'm surprised it happened this fast a year after live started um but i did what i thought was gonna happen was eventually enough players were going to leave. You know, they just weren't going to be able to... The PGA Tour is not going to be able to sustain itself by keep seeing star player after star player leave. Um, you know, I don't think that... I think that it's just uh, for the PGA Tour, it's a really bad look because their commissioner, Jay Monahan acted like it was never going to happen Someone had a and a lot of players, you know, Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Tiger Woods, they've all stood by the PGA Tour and criticized the players on the tour who left to go after the money at Live. Um, definitely a lot of questions and, and concerns about the morality and it's backed by the Saudi government um, uh, with horrible human rights record. Um But it was someone, I I saw this, some meme or tweet or something and it said, it's like the PGA Tour players must feel like, and it was a woman tweeting this thing, like, "I, I can feel it because it's, I was like, that person who supported my girlfriend when she was, you know, when she was having trouble with her boyfriend and stood by her and defended her and then she got back together with her boyfriend. So you feel like, you know, you were left in the lurch and that's kind of probably what a lot of. Tour players who didn't take the money, you know, Tiger Woods supposedly, what, 700, 800 million dollars, whatever they supposedly offered him to go to live. Um, you know, it, it's just terrible. It's a it's a terrible look for the for the PGA Tour because of its hypocrisy. It does. The tour will change now. I mean, the, 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 the Saudi government, you know, their wealth, their wealth fund, they're going to have them, whoever the guy was in charge of that is going to have a seat on the you know, Board of Governors, Board of Directors. Um, They're going to create a new entity. So who knows what that's going to look like. We don't know what the... The tour will, I think, continue being the tour, essentially, but they may blend other things in their team events. Who knows what's going to happen. The tour in name, the PGA Tour and the European Tour survive in name, but how they're going to look and the kind of influence that the Saudi government by extension we'll have an American sports league. um, We don't know it's unprecedented. So um, we're heading down that road though, right? Yeah. Investors from
2: countries from all over the world putting money in. I mean, it happens, it happens in the soccer league and, the soccer leagues, excuse me, the football Say, leagues. Absolutely, football Qatar, leagues in the World Europe Cup yet. in
1: Qatar, sports-washing. Absolutely, it, it, it happens. It usually happens at a global level, though. It and, doesn't and by, happen and, in and this by
2: country. The, and, and by the way, for Saudi Arabia's government, obviously there are issues there, but we're not angels, are we? As, as a people angels. with a government who 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 has done some pretty uh, questionable things over the years, Americans all, all
1: over the world, right? Right, we don't orchestrate massive terrorists or help help uh empower terrorists who in 9-11 we don't murder journalists because we have a crown prince you know we don't do that kind of stuff maybe not maybe you know? not journalists no but we go change governments when
2: we don't we, change we have governments a, we have a we history of that right when now, yeah. we not not quite as much at least out in the open now but but the point is you know a lot of people around the world will look at america and say are you kidding me
1: right? America is no different. I think to me, America is no different as a large government than any other large government. They all have their political, you know, ideology, their, their, their war actions, their military strikes, their intelligence agencies doing. doing, Absolutely. Everybody has their CIA. Everybody has that, you know, but you know, all the different and if you want to even I don't even want to even quibble about like the free right, you know, the, the free speech stuff, you, you know, women's rights, you know, uh, gay rights, that kind of stuff. Like I, no, we're not that, all you know? equal societies. In the, in, right. It's in that's, the not, that's not that's u- not unique to Saudi Arabia, you know, but I'm just concerned about what after, you know, after you've spoken out about this and, and Jay Monaghan famously said, you know, hey anybody's going to live to her, you know, and it was true. They all had to basically apologize and come up with a reason for it. They're not so bad. I think they've learned their lesson. You know, maybe they won't kill anybody this week. And, when, and, and are they tweeting and he on nobody's ever had to apologize for joining, for being on the PGA Tour. Well, now they're going to start having to apologize for being on the
2: PGA Tour. And are they saying that or tweeting that on a phone that was made in China, which is a country that has its own issues of human rights abuses and, and, and tamps down on free speech and all sorts of issues, right? I mean, that, that's the problem with our world today. We're, uh, we're all so interconnected and relying on each other in economic ways and cultural ways and
1: technological ways that, uh, you know, I, what, what does clean money even mean? Well, I think that's different, like, for the NBA to, you know, want to reach into the Chinese market and that kind of stuff or any league or whatever. Then giving someone from the Chinese government a say in your league, direct influence in your league, that's where it's different. Um where and especially when you've had, you know, pretty pretty damning evidence that they've worked against your country and murdered people who are your citizens, you know, that's the thing that's really really concerning. Um, you know, the 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 nine eleven. Uh, there's a there's a family coalition, uh, families from you know who who are survivors from the nine eleven attacks who condemned this um, this move by the PGA Tour there's going to be protests i'm sure um it's not over i mean it's there's going to be it's not as much as they just want to pretend they're all friends now and we're one big happy family and this saves golf golf now there's unification and there's no more backbiting and whatever you no, know they'll still it's not, be it's all not going to be that easy
2: no they'll still be all that it, and and i'm with you there it's far from over i just am making the point that i think a lot of people have made this point that it's just yes there are absolutely some issues with what Saudi the Saudi Arabian government does and has done in their record especially with human rights I mean you know killing a journalist right but um it's messy in a lot of ways for for a lot of folks and um and it's tricky and uh yeah I, I'm, I'll be curious to see how it happens but but it's sometimes easy to sit up and and uh and judge when you're in fact involved in a web of um of decisions every single day that affect and the people all over the world and we're all part of it so i guess it's a matter of degree right what you can live with it's all about degree at this point because there's nothing that's super clean there's no way to do it unless you go out and live in the woods (laughs) yeah Yeah. you're the axe throwing you'll be fine yeah go out and live in the woods and make your own tent and, uh, to become for, a Unabomber. forge forge for advocating. your own food. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, now we're into the unibomber. It's probably time to wrap this <laughs> uh, wrap this segment up. We got a little long here, but uh, but thank you for those thoughts. They're, they're really good, really good work. Both uh, both columns, a lot of a uh, lot to think about in both of them. Um, let's take one more quick break. Come right back with more free press sports with Carl's and Shawn to Wrap up and hear Carl's favorite thing from the week. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Carlos, it's that time of the show. I want to hear what made you smile and laugh and giggle,
1: even. Well, this is an easy one, actually, because it just happened today as we're recording. Uh, as you know, Sean, we play on the—you've I, 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 been out to see us, Free Press co-ed softball team on Belle Isle. And um, I might be pressed into pitching this week. And I haven't done it in a game, in live uh, action, but uh, your your boy, Mike Elric, is out. I don't know where he is. It's like where in the world is Carmen Sandin. I think he's somewhere overseas or something. And I don't, don't know if he's quite there against. yet. He's about he's on his way to Scotland, though. Okay. So uh, his soccer can find him there, Scotland. Sean will text you the address, and you can find Mike Elric. Uh, probably Mayor Duggan is going to find him. Uh, so anyway, he's... You know, he's our star pitcher. He's our Verlander. He's our Nolan Ryan. He's been a stud. And uh, he's going to miss a few games. So we're kind of having to pitch by committee. So today, um, my daughter Audrey's back from college. And I said, hey, do you mind? I got to throw a few pitches. I got to go practice at a local playground. Uh, So she comes out just to shag the balls behind the the plate. And um, my kids did not play sports, Sean, at all. I, you know, we, we offered it to them. We encouraged them. The, the line that they drew in the sand was, I will play AYSO soccer or little league baseball or softball, but I don't want to practice. That was the thing. When I explained to them, you have to go to practices too. They pulled an Allen Iverson and was like, Nope, hard. No. And so they never did it. And I, I'm not going to I i we've never been the kind of parents to push our kids and force them to do something we've sen- certainly strongly encouraged them to do certain things uh but when it came to sports um uh, I've sat through enough little league games in my life as a writer and a friend and a whatever uncle that I was like do I really want to be pushing my kid to play soccer so I can sit there in the rain and watch them you know chase the ball or whatever and not enjoy it um but today we go out and Audrey's catching the ball and she has a pretty good arm on her, Sean. And mm. she didn't even know what, how to put the glove on. She goes, which one does this go on? And I had explained to her, well, you want to throw with your right hand. So you need to catch with your left. And she had the same instinct that I had when I was five years old was, but I think I could catch it better with my right. Cause that's my dominant. So I'd explain that. And yet she's suddenly throwing it from catcher to pitcher. Almost, almost on the fly. Uh, pretty accurately. And then I have her hit a few balls to give her a little. We do a little soft toss. I explain how to hold the bat, how to swing it. She takes some wax. She sh- she's almost hitting it out of the infield. Uh, wow. She's 18. And I'm like, this is almost savant stuff. And I have a good arm. I grew up, I have a pretty good arm. So maybe she got the gene of the good arm from me. She did not get it from my wife. I can tell you that. Um, so I was really impressed. And <laughs> Like, maybe she had this talent. It's like, you know, she might have been a pretty good softball player or baseball player when she was a kid. Um, so I don't know. She might be She might be joining us for our co-ed team uh, maybe later this summer. But uh, it was a really fun experience to see your kid kind of do something that, <laughs> well, that you had no idea they could do. So that was by far my
2: favorite thing. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I would say um, my favorite thing was a grad party that we hosted for my niece, she graduated from college and um, in a th- with a degree in theater, about to go off on a tour and an internship to do lighting for a stage for a country music festival, which is really cool. And we had family stay with us for a few days, and we had probably sixty people at the party, and I barbecued and all that. Had tremendous help from my kids uh, cooking and setting up, and and that was great. I would say that's my favorite thing. But I think my favorite thing actually, Carlos, is that uh, this morning, and I'm a little uh to be honest with you um you know this time of the year is when we start taking some time off and i'm I'm a little bit uh let's just say I'm ready for some <laughs> it' been it's been a long several months uh in any case um I was trying to figure out this morning we were talking about recording the podcast and the lions mini camp and i'm kind of I had an idea for a column. It didn't involve me going to Allen Park because we couldn't do the I couldn't go to the practice and record and we had to record and I'll be at the line the next practice, so that all works fine. But I was panicking a little bit because I was trying to figure out, well, should I go in and listen to Dan Campbell? Do I have time for that? And I was trying to figure out what I could write and I didn't want to step on your toes. I wasn't sure what you'd written. And I'd never bothered to look at the newspaper. I just knew the golf was out there. And uh, so I was panicking texting you trying to figure it out. And I'm just like, just tell me what you write so I can go and I could make. And so I started down the highway and finally thought, uh, oh, I'll call our editor. And I figured it out. And he told me. And so I just turned around. And I was like, oh, where's Carlos? Where's my pal? And then I come to find out you're actually, um, you know, at a medical office somewhere. And then I felt like a total fool. And of course, said, my bad. And uh, you seem to forgive me, so... You know, that's my favorite thing—the fact that hopefully you will forgive me for for being uh, slightly
1: cranky and um, at my wits end. Oh no, it was. You know, I I'll have to detail this when we later when we talk. Uh, but today was one of the craziest mornings, and when you were all this was going on. You know, i I was trying to. I was in the shower. I'm trying to get out of the house to get to the doctor in time and this and that. You know how it is. Right when you're trying to get out, like, bing, 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 bing. Yeah, all the yeah, text. Yeah. Are and it wasn't just from you, by the way. Uh, So there was a lot of stuff going on, and um, and I think I did respond about the because we weren't even sure what the time podcast. Recorded, yeah, you responded about the, the, the podcast. podcast. And then I saw your thing later when I got to the office, and I'm like, I almost, I almost texted you uh when you said where are you writing what did you write i almost texted you www.freep.com you know you should like, have it's, it's you should there. have that, that would have been um, helpful <laughs>
2: <laughs> well you i'd seen the golf column this morning but i i hadn't seen the 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 golf column i'd seen the golf oh, column, the, but not yeah, the golf they, column
1: they buried under briquette stuff briquette roll so like I, I did
2: games. i just assumed they were holding it for tomorrow and um, so i wasn't sure what was happening i knew you were writing <laughs> about the lines and and then this is way too much insider baseball for them but it's just i just for the listeners out there we this is part of it. We have to communicate. We don't want to double up. We got to make sure right. we're not. Now, as it turns out, I am working on a, a Jared Goff column, but it's a slightly different angle and that's fine. And, and you know, Hey, from what y'all are telling us by the way you're reading, you can't get enough of the lines anyway. So we're, so we're all good. But sometimes you just get a little, I just wanted to know if I needed to stay on the freeway or not. Right. Let's just say, like, Oh my God, yeah, where's you know what? where's
1: did, Carlos? You, you called me and I just couldn't, answer the phone and I was like driving and I'm like, I can't, I, I figured you were going to want to chit chat about something. And, and I didn't know what it was. Um,
2: Next time I'm going to text uh, hey, quick thought, nine one one or something, or just, you know, I just needed two words, you know, like Jared golf, that would have been cool. But yeah, like I said, yeah. I didn't know it was on.
1: I didn't know it was, yeah. And that's, that was my and I'll fault. tell you totally. My if fault. you want some real insider baseball for the listener out there is uh, being the, the coach of the softball team, we had to sign these waivers this is back for the spring. And, and so I texted in the group chat, these are almost all journalists, you know, at the free press. And I said, Hey, uh, uh, email me, send me your email to my personal email. Cause I got to email you the waiver that you have to digitally sign. So email me at this address. Of course, what do the journalists do? The comm- great communicators, they start texting me their emails and we're terrible like, yeah now i gotta go copy that yeah we're you know, terrible. Or just try to you know it was, it was a big rigmarole and then finally someone said i think he said to email it like, well, journal, journalists journalists are are
2: great at being sort of mostly <laughs> mostly inquisitive and and, and and empathetic and finding out information <laughs> and trying to understand and putting themselves into other people's shoes they're by and large really good at all these things in writing and editing and taking pictures and all this great stuff but we are terrible at just about everything else on the planet <laughs> yes except except cooking unless it's an egg white omelet uh,
1: but yeah that's no, uh, I can
2: definitely make an egg white omelet but uh, look we've got uh, we got to get Carl's out right as fun as this is and we got to get yes. uh, we got to get our producer Robin yes. Robin Chan who we need to thank who makes this possible yes. we need to get him out of here he's tired of listening to us um, hopefully that. you're not who, who, who else are we thinking oh Anjanette Delgado who's uh, also an executive producer of this podcast along with co-executive producer, along with Kirkland Crawford, the sports editor. And uh, we want to thank you, the listeners, and we need, we,
1: we got a new name, right? Yeah. Would you, would you like to share that? Editor of the free press, Nicole Avery Nichols, um, who is now our boss. We have to be really nice to her, I guess, and start mentioning her name again. So, uh, yeah, as, as as often, often and uh, early and often, we're going to men- mention Nicole, uh, former Free Press uh, editor, um, features editor. She did a lot of different things, a lot of roles for a long time, and she's recently returned. So she just started on the job. I think was named editor about a month ago, and she's yeah, returned. this week. So this week yeah. we're, we're yeah. Have, yeah,
2: we're definitely have to mention her name a lot. I I mean, to have her. We may be fools, but we're not. We're not totally foolish, right? <laughs> so <laughs> we know who butters the bread. Uh, yeah, yeah, we got to remember that. Uh, all right, you can find uh, you can find this podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast at Spotify, Apple. Please subscribe. Please rate uh, rate us. To let us know what you think. Uh, but mostly, just keep listening and uh, and hanging out. We're grateful. Good to be with you, Carlos, as always. Thank you, Sean, as Thank always. You. All right, we will talk to you next week with more Free Press Sports. Oh, excuse me, when we're back with Free Press Sports with Carlson and Sean.